This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, everybody. It's your good pal, Adam the Bull. And on today's podcast of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. We've got remarkable things to talk about. Remarkable meaning Shohei Otani. I got to get into this guy. I've talked about him before, but I can't talk enough about how ridiculously good. And can he do something that even he has never done before this year? Plus, one of the best managers in baseball is in the hospital again. It's a big concern. We'll get to this. And I'm going to talk about something that I shouldn't talk about because probably people will get angry at me, but I'm going to do it anyway, about a legend in the radio business. That's all coming up on this Wednesday edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. So I want to start with Terry Francona. Uh, Terry Francona is legend in Major League Baseball, was a... Uh, a player in the big leagues, didn't have a, a huge baseball career, was a good pinch hitter as a player, but um, where he has shined is, a, is as a manager. Uh, Terry Francona won two World Series titles, ending uh, the long drought in Boston. He fell one win short of ending a long drought in Cleveland at the expense, or what turned out to be an ending of a long drought by the Cubs, of course. Terry Francona has managed 23 years in the big leagues, from 97 to 2000 with Phillies, from 2004 to 2011 with Boston, and since 2013, he's been the manager of the Cleveland Indians and now the Cleveland Guardians. 23 years total. He has a 540 winning percentage in his career uh, and way higher than that with uh, Boston and Cleveland. Uh, he, he, He had a 440 winning percentage. Between the the Red Sox and the Indians slash Guardians, he is about 350 games over 500. Two World Series titles, uh, a third pennant, of course, with with Cleveland. Um, He's been great. And, uh, you know, I've talked about, and I even talked about on Monday, how Francona, I, I think, is is having one of his worst seasons. Um, you know, he, he. You think about what he's done, right? His first four years as a manager, he was under five hundred every year in Philadelphia. Since going to Boston, he, you know, again, he's he's managed tw- nineteen years between Boston and Cleveland, including this season, and he's only had one. He never was under five hundred in Boston, never. Uh, in fact, the least amount of games they won there with him as manager was it was 86 games in 2006. With Cleveland, his worst record 
was 2021 when he went 80 and 82. So he's never lost. He's never won less than 80 games in the American League in 19 years of managing. Only one year under 500. Now the Guardians are under 500 this year, 38 and 40 right now. Um, and I was saying he's not having a particularly great season. I thought it was his his weakest season. Uh, and and when you look at um, Frank Kona, he's never, in my opinion, his, you know, bullpen moves and, and some of his in-game decisions was never where he was elite. Um, uh, to me, he was, you know, fine at that. I, I It was up and down. Not special in that part. What, what makes Terry Francona special is his ability to relate to players, young or old, because he's not young. Terry Francona is 64 years old, one of the older managers in baseball, and yet he relates to the players extremely well. He connects with them in different ways. I think earlier in his career, he he wasn't as good with young players, but I think that has really changed in his time in Cleveland. And that, his ability to read players, his ability to connect with players, his ability to motivate players, is what makes him special, what makes him one of the best managers of all time. Um, unfortunately, Terry Francona is under the weather again. He's missed a lot of time in recent years due to illness, uh, different injuries he's had. Uh, and I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm realizing now a couple of minutes in, this, I'm making it sound like a little like a eulogy. He's far, I mean, I, I don't mean to do that. I'm just kind of reflecting as he's kind of missing time here. It's, it's, I don't know what's going on with him. You know, again, he's missed a lot of time. He's had a lot of surgeries. Um, uh, here in Cleveland, there's two like massive hospital groups. Uh, one's called Cle- the Cleveland Clinic. One's called, called University Hospitals. Um, they're both excellent. They're both amongst the uh, the best hospitals in the in the world. Um, uh, the Cleveland Clinic, especially known for you know w- working on the heart. The uh, University Hospitals, especially known for for cancer treatment, but they're both magnificent hospitals, like as good as it gets nationally, internationally. So. You know, if you're not from Cleveland, you might not realize that we that here in Cleveland, there is great hospital care. And so it's a great place to be ill in a way Not that anybody wants to be ill. But anyway, Terry Francona last night, right before the game, checked into the hospital, the Cleveland Clinic, where he's been a, a lot, unfortunately, in the last four or five years. Um, And hopefully he's OK. Uh, we we kind of in Cleveland, you, we've been through this before. If you're if you're not a, a Guardians fan, you you may not know that he's missed a lot of time in recent years. A lot of times, if you're not if it's not a team you follow every day, you're not gonna uh, realize that the manager's not there. It's not you know you, how, if you're not a Guardians fan, you, how often are you watching them play? So he has missed a lot of time in recent years. So I'm wishing him well. Um, again, I don't know if it's it, if it may be a nothing with nothing. He may have uh, the flu or something. I, it could be nothing. But uh, he's been there a bunch of times, and I don't know. Anyway, I, I wish him well. He did stay in the hospital overnight last night. Uh, he was at the game yesterday. He actually spoke in the pregame and then apparently called DeMarlo Hale, uh, one of his coaches there, and into the his office and said, hey, I, I don't feel good. you you got to take over tonight. So wishing him the best. Uh, the Guardians did win their game last night. Um, it was a weird game. Gavin Williams was making a second major league start for the Guardians last night. 
Uh, he pitched great. Uh, he is the top pitching prospect of the Guardians, one of the, one of the five best pitching prospects in all of Major League Baseball. His first start was against Oakland, and he surprisingly gave up four runs, including a three-run homer, but he, he bounced back in a big way uh, last night, going seven innings in a second Major League start, allowing one hit, one walk, no runs, six strikeouts. I know it was against a bad Royals team, but thats I don't care who it's against. That is an extremely impressive performance. Uh, so he left the game uh, after uh, with, the, with the score 0-0, and the Royals took the lead in the eighth on on if you didn't see it, you, I, I don't know what happened. Trevor Stephan, the Guardians, a relief pitcher, was throwing home. They should have had the batter out at the plate, and it was one of the worst throws I've ever seen. I don't know what happened. Um, so the 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 Royals took a one nothing lead in the uh, bottom of the eighth, but then the Guardians rallied in the top of the ninth to win it two one, and they need to take advantage of these bad teams on the schedule. Uh, they did in a series over against Oakland last week, swept them. It looked like they were going to fall short, but uh, against the Royals, closer has been good. One of the few bright spots in the Royals, Scott Barlow, overall, is a really good closer overall. Uh, give a single to Josh Naylor. Got a one uh, after a strikeout. He walked uh, Andre Jimenez. And then Will Brennan, who had a big night, grew up in Kansas, had a first time playing in Kansas City, ripped a double down the right field line. And uh, Naylor and Jimenez both score. Guardians take a 2-1 lead, and they went, They hold on after it was an error in the bottom of the ninth, but they hold on and and win 2-1. Uh, so good win for them because they had not been playing particularly well. I've been ranting and raving about what they need to do as a franchise. Obviously, nothing changes with a with a 2-1 win over the Royals, but um, it was a, a nice victory nonetheless. Reds got back on track after they had dropped three in a row following their long win streak. They beat the Orioles 3-1. This kid, Andrew Abbott has been uh, absolutely fantastic. If you're not paying attention to Cincinnati, who's in first place in the um, in the National League Central, um, pay attention to this kid because he's been great. He's done an absolutely magnificent job. Giants continue to play well. They blanked the Blue Jays last night. Three to nothing. Good pitching matchup. Alex Wood and Kevin Gossman. Phillies have been getting hot here. They beat the Cubs 5-1. Brandon Marsh had a couple of homers. Uh, they've moved four games over 500. They seem to be riding the ship. The Marlins just keep winning. Sandy Alcantara pitched well. They crushed the Red Sox 10-1. 19 hits in that one for them. And look at that. The Mets got a rare win with David Peter. Who would have guessed? David Peterson awful. Absolutely awful. But he managed to pitch well yesterday against Julio Tehran, who's picked done a nice job for the Brewers until last night. So the Mets win that game. Braves keep rolling along. Braves are now 25 games over 500, beating the Twins. By the way, we are at June 28th, and the American League Central leading Twins are under 500, and they're in first place at 40 and 41. It's remarkable. Cardinals beat the Astros, a rare loss for, or, or, well, I shouldn't say a rare loss because he has six losses, but it's amazing. That's why the win-loss stat is so stupid. Like, Framber Valdez has a 7-6 and six record. He's been one of the five best pitchers in the American League. Uh, Rangers rally to win. Dodgers blank the Rockies. Yankees lost to Oakland. That's always nice to see. Uh, Yankees, uh, without, um, without Aaron Judge, it's just like they got no life on that team. It's really weird. Um, they have just not played good baseball. They did do a good job in that Ranger series and their pitching has been good here lately, but, uh, their offense, I mean, they've scored 
one five one two two four three one two. I mean, they haven't scored at all since Judge got hurt. He he, if he's out for, I mean, he's out for a long time. It's funny, you know. I was listening. I'm gonna get gonna get to my highlight subject here in a moment, which is the Angels and and Shohei Otani. I want to get to that. Uh, Diamondbacks did beat Tampa Bay. Uh, and the and the um, and the Nationals beat the Mariners, but but um, that's a good series, the Tampa Bay Diamondback series. I got behind that, but I'm I was listening to while I'm going to be getting into legends in radio that um yeah I'm, I'm a little critical of right guys who are Hall of Famers in this business. I, I, I'm gonna I, I'm wanna, I'm gonna talk about Howard Stern later, who is my all time favorite uh, radio personality. But I want to talk about Mad Dog Russo here for a second because he drives me. Listen, Mad Dog. Reason Mad Dog's great is because he don't give a he don't give a shit. He doesn't care what anybody else thinks, even when he says stuff that is so stupid. Because he's he is a little out of touch at this point, um, and he says stuff sometimes that makes no sense. He he. It's like he judges teams based on what they did thirty years ago. It's really weird to me. But two days ago, he's going, and but his rants are still classic, right? Um, by the way, if you if you know if you notice, whenever Mad Dog is interviewing somebody on his show, every question he asks is like, "Tell me about that." What what about that? He never just asks a question and says, "You know, uh, all right, the Phillies won again. Are you a believer in in uh, in the Phillies this year?" Whatever, just like a, every question is, all right, talk about that. Talk about that. It's funny. It's bizarre. It's a bizarre interviewing style, but it works for him. Anyway, he went on this rant two days ago, and I love a good mad dog rant, but he was talking about, well, the Angels can't make the playoffs because who are they going to make it over? Now, I'm not saying the Angels are going to make the playoffs. Him predicting the Ranger, the Angels won't make the playoffs is a reasonable prediction. You assume at this point in the season that Tampa Bay and Baltimore will make it. You know the AL Central has to have a team. And you assume, assuming that the Astros will get in the playoffs is is a fairly safe assumption. But here's a couple of things. First of all, the Astros, like just because you were good last year or you've been good in recent years, doesn't always mean you're going to turn it back around. Now, I get it if you think that's going to happen with the Astros and the Yankees. I, listen, I I certainly could be wrong. I've been warning about plenty of things. But this idea that the Yankees are an absolute lock to make the playoffs, people talk about the Yankees as if they're not a flawed team. They are a massively flawed team. Their lineup stinks. This idea that the Yankees have this great lineup is ludicrous. Um. They have one of the greatest hitters in baseball and Aaron Judge, but he's hurt. He's already missed 25 games, roughly 20 something games. He's not. I don't know when he's coming back. All right. Now they've gotten some nice contributions from guys like Jake Bowers and Bill and Billy McKinney. They've done a good job, but those guys are not trustworthy. They're journeymen. I, I you know, that that's. Those guys are not keeping that up, okay? They're not reliable. Anthony Rizzo, at this point, 
listen, he's had a nice season. He's had his best season in a while. But, and, he, you know, he's pretty good. And, you know, Gleiber got off to a great start. He's cooled off since. What else they got? DJ LeMayhew's not any good anymore. Uh, Josh Donaldson's not any good anymore. Anthony Volpe, I- I'm not killing the guy's career, but he's been awful. Everybody went bananas for this kid. He's, his OPS is 650. IKF stinks. Jean-Carlo Stanton's been terrible. They get nothing out of catcher. Harrison Bader, since going to the Yankees, I, people talk about this guy as if he's a star. He's nothing. Their lineup is nothing without Judge. Meanwhile, their pitch, they're an old team. Their pitching's been hurt. Nobody's outside of Cole. Nobody's pitching particularly well on that team. They don't have a good closing situation. I mean, you know, (laughs) why are the Yankees such a lock? Who's been so great on the Yankees? Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge. Rizzo's overall been pretty good. I mean, but what else? What are they hanging? They got their bullpen is subpar. Their rotation's got a lot of names. Mad Dog. It's Rodon, not Rondon. But he hasn't pitched. Severino's been awful. Domingo Herman's got a five ERA. Nestor Cortez has got a five ERA. Luis Severino's got a five ERA. And Casey Schmidt's got a four three ERA. What, these guys are just miraculously going to turn it around? Plus, they're in a tough division. I don't think the Yankees are very good. I didn't pick them to make the playoffs when the season started. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But if you do, that's entirely reasonable. But Mad Dog made it seem as if there's no chance the Yankees can't make the playoffs. That's absurd. He also said that there's no chance the Rangers won't make it. What? What with the Yankees, I can at least understand they have a track record of making the playoffs. When do the Rangers have the and neither do the Angels? But I, the Angels are only uh, five games back at Texas. We're not even at the halfway point. Uh, neither team has any like credibility long term. Why couldn't the Angels play better than the Rangers the rest of the season? I don't think that's unreasonable at all. I'm not saying it's a lock in any way, but I'm saying it's not unreasonable. The Astros are not the same team. They, they are not. They've lost Luis Garcia for the season. Justin Verlander's hurt. I mean, Justin Verlander's hurt. He's not on the team anymore. Not that he's pitching well for the Mets. Only pitched a decent game his last inning, I guess. It's only five innings. They don't have the same lineup. I mean, they're they're not the same team. I know they won the World Series last year. I still think they're going to make the playoffs when it's all said and done, but I, man, I, and and again, the Orioles have no track record. I, I think the Angels got a reasonable chance of making the playoffs. On this date today, do I think the Angels make the playoffs? I think Tampa Bay, Baltimore, and I do think Houston in the AL Central winner. Uh, I mean, and then it's, okay, it's the Angels, the Rangers, the Mariners, the Red Sox, Blue Jays, Yankees for the final two spots. I, I think the Angels in that group, I really do. The way they're playing, the way Otani's playing, and we'll get to him in a second, I think they got as a good a chance as any of those teams. I really do. 
Now, let me get to Otani specifically. Uh, he has a chance this year. Now, if the season ended today, he wouldn't do this. But Otani has done, I mean, what can you say about what this guy has done? I mean, it's just remarkable. Yesterday, he had 10 strikeouts as a pitcher and hit two home runs. He, What he's done this season is just mind-blowing, right? Won the MVP in 2021, finished second last year. Uh, I would have voted for him again. I would probably vote for him every year. He is offensively, he's leading the majors in home runs, in RBIs, in slugging percentage, in OPS, in OPS plus, in total bases. Okay? This is crazy. Um, He leads the American League in strikeouts. So there's a chance that it's, it's, it's not crazy at all that Shohei Otani could win the MVP and the Cy Young this year. Now, as of right now, he wouldn't. He obviously is going to win the MVP unless, you know, if he, unless he completely, unless he gets hurt or falls off a cliff, he's going to win the MVP this year. Um, but if you look at just the pitching numbers, he's seven. He, he, look at some of these pitching numbers, just the American League, all right? He is. Ninth in ERA, he is second in strikeouts, he is, uh, let's see, seventh, uh, sixth in war, pitcher's war, if you look at whips, whip, which is walks and hits divided by innings pitched, he is seventh in the American League, I mean, he's, he's top eight in all these pitching categories. And he's been the best hitter in baseball, or one of them. (coughs) Now, he basically did this the last two years. But he's even better at both this year. It's crazy. It is crazy what he's doing. I mean, it's every time he does something new, it's another level of crazy. Oh, and by the way, he could steal a base too. He might steal 20 bases this year. <laughs> Crazy. This guy is is the most remarkable baseball player in the, I've ever seen in my life. And probably, you know. And I hope that it opens the door for other young players uh, to possibly be able to do both because there probably are other guys capable. I don't know if there are guys capable doing it at this level. That's unlikely, but this, you figure somewhere along the line, there might be somebody. Uh, congratulations to LSU for winning the, uh, the College World Series. I actually paid a lot more attention to it this year than I have in the past. There's a kid, I can't think of his name now, um, who plays for Florida. Why can't I think of his name? Uh, who Who's a two-way player also. I think we're going to see guys possibly do it. This kid, Paul Skeens, um, from the from LSU is going to be probably the first or second pick. Actually, LSU teammates are probably going to go one-two. Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens will probably go one-two in the draft, uh, both from LSU. And then Wyatt Langford of Florida is probably going to go right up there too. Those guys all really good. Man, that, that LSU team 
they got guys that are freaking huge. Uh, they look like professional athletes, not college players. Their third baseman looks like a jack. He's like big. He looks like Justin Turner, but bigger. He's only a sophomore. Their DH looks like Daniel Vogelbach. Hopefully, he's better than him. Uh, one other thing I wanted to get into, while I'm, you know, being critical of media legends, I wanted to. T- this is off the sports vein, but it's something I tweeted about yesterday, and I, I just wanted to get into a little bit and i'm just curious so if you when you hear the podcast you you can send me an email or um send me a tweet or whatever i i have been listening to howard stern since i can remember right like i i remember my dad i remember driving around my dad and he'd have him on and i was probably like 10 years old i probably was too young to be listening to him and when he was on terrestrial radio he couldn't go as far right but um I remember listening with my dad in the car because my dad listened to him all the time. And but as uh, since I've been like 13, 14 in the mid 80s, I've been listening to him. Right. And um, when I before I went to college, uh, I went to college out of high school, but I dropped out and, and worked real jobs for a while before going back. And I remember I was working my last job before I went back to college. I was working at an oil company in uh, in Brooklyn, New York. And I was I was 22, 23. It was the early 90s, right? And I was a gopher basically. I would just run all the errands for the for people at the oil company. And some of the errands I did was I would take take the mail to the post office, pick up the mail. I would go to the bank, do all the deposits. Uh, and then whatever, I don't even remember what other things I would do, but just all these odds and ends. Right. And I would, I would work my schedule around the Howard Stern show. That's how obsessed I was with his show. Cause in those days he, he'd do like, you know, it was unheard of. Usually in radio, there'd be a break every, especially in talk radio. Not that there was a ton of talk radio at that time, but it would be like 15 minutes break, 15 minutes break, you know? But, uh, but I, I, he, Howard Stern in those days, and he certainly does now, or even longer. They don't really take long commercial breaks on so Sirius. But he would go, you know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, even an hour sometimes. It'd be like amazing. And I would sit in my car. I would not get out of my car during a segment. That's how obsessed I was. And I wasn't alone. A lot, a lot of people were obsessed with Howard Stern. I would not get out of my car until the segment ended. And then I knew once he went to commercial, they had long commercial breaks because they had to make up for all the commercials he skipped over. And I had time to run my errand. So I would sit in my car till a break, run into the post office, take care of what I had to do, run into the bank, take care of what I had to do, run into the bagel store to stuff my face with some bagels. But I, w- I wasn't going in until he went to break. So I was that now. I was never someone that like called the show, you know, something like that. But I was a locked in listener every minute, every day. Love the movie. Still holds up well. Private parts. Okay. So when right around the time, I don't remember the exact timeline, but around the time I think that, that Howard went to Sirius, I stopped listening for a brief period of time for two reasons. Mostly because at the time I couldn't afford Sirius XM uh, or whatever it was called then. It was, I think it was two separate companies at the time. But also, I, I, I felt like that Howard sold out at the time, you know, 
I was just starting my career, I think. I can't remember the exact year at this point, but I was either early or just starting my career. And I felt like he sold out because, and this is so silly, but what I loved was he used to, back in the day, he would always call out celebrities, like male celebrities, for like dumping their wives and dating these young hot girls. And he would call them out for their phoniness. And then I felt like he had done the same thing. Now, I don't know really. Obviously, I didn't really know what happened. But that's how I felt at the time. I'm sharing my honest feelings. Fair or not. That's how I felt. But mostly it was because I couldn't afford the satellite radio. But eventually, I I, I remember going out to Arizona. I can't even remember what year it was. But I went out to Arizona. This was a while ago, a long time ago. But I went out to Arizona uh, to spring training. And the car I had that I had rented had Sirius XM, and I got to listen to Howard for the first time. It had probably been, I probably actually went maybe a year or so without listening to him. And I I got to hear him with the rental car, and I was like, oh, my God. You know, I missed, I can't believe I went a year or 18 months or maybe it was nine months. I don't remember. I can't believe I went this long without listening to Howard. I got to get it. I got to find a way. And by that point, I was making, you know. Not really good money, but uh, serviceable enough to to be able to just afford the the satellite. I was like, this is a priority. I got to do it. So I got it. I was excited. Um, it, it was during the Artie years. I, I thought that was very funny. I always loved the people around him. Like, I thought Jackie was a putz, but I loved the way they used him. I liked Fred. I liked Robin doing the news. Um, uh, Gary, I always, I always liked Gary. I actually didn't like that, that he picked on him so much. I still don't like it. Cause I really like Gary, even though I've never met the guy. Uh, but I, I just, I liked all the guys that were on the show and then Artie was on there and obviously he was now, listen, I understand. I mean, I don't know the details behind the scenes of why he's not on the show, but Artie was freaking hilarious on that show. Stuttering John, you know, all that stuff. Um, and, and not everything they did then was perfect. But it was, there was nothing else like it. Howard Stern was a true original, is still a true original. Uh, and what he did in, for much of his career, and even still, as a, even though I'm a little critical now, which I'll get to at the end, uh, I still think he's the, I still would argue he's the best talk host in the business. Even now, as I will get to the point that I'm getting to. But in recent years, um, I've, I've slightly soured on Howard and I've been scared, like kind of scared to say it because the guy's my idol. The guy is my idol. I mean, I wanted to, to do talk. Now I do sports talk, but the reason I inject a lot of personality into my sports talk at 20 years on the radio, now doing a podcast for over a year, uh, now doing TV for over a year. A lot of this was like he was my idol, and I still have an immense amount of respect for him. And and first of all, he'll probably never know that I was critical. He has no clue who I am. I I, I, I listen. The guy is the all time legend, and that's why this kind of pains me to say. But I wanted to I wanted to talk with other Stern fans and know if they felt the way I do. And you know, I mentioned this on Twitter that I just feel like the show is is. That beside, first of all, since in the le- in recent years he's gotten better interviews because he's mellowed. 
He doesn't attack the celebrities like he used to. And I love that. I think overall he does great interviews. I think he's, I think in recent years, some of the questions seem similar. Uh, he, he talks over his guests. I do that too. I think I do that because of him. I don't know. Sometimes. But there's no denying that he gets more info out of his guests, big guests, huge, than anybody else. They're comfortable with him. It's a long-form interview that nobody else is, is doing. I mean, there probably are others, but I'm not paying attention to him. He is still the king of that. Uh, somebody said to me yesterday, there's too many musical guests. For my taste, I agree. I'm not as into music as he, but he loves music, so I get it. I prefer the actors. Um, but anyway, that's still a highlight of the show. But I feel like what I said on Twitter yesterday was, I feel like the rest of the show is just not that good anymore. And trust me, if somebody on that show heard this and they decided to shit on me on Howard Stern, it would be my my honor. It would be. Just to be mentioned on that show. Probably won't happen. Uh, they could rip me all they want. They could say I'm a nobody in the business. Fine. All true. But I, I don't like his crew now. I find Richard and Sal completely uninteresting. When they do the phony phone calls, I don't know if if people are forcing themselves to laugh. Those calls are never funny. Never. I have I I, I now now I just shut them off when they're on. The impressions when he when he does like the fake Trump and the fake Schwarzenegger. Uh, I don't find any of that funny. Um, I I I don't I I don't I don't like like I said I don't like Sal and Richard. I don't think that either of them are funny. JD is useless. Benji is awful. Um, I do like John Hine. I think I'm probably in the minority opinion on that. I like John. He's really smart. I like that. I like when Gary's still on. But, oh, when Ronnie, uh, Ronnie is unlistenable. He's such an idiot. And the whack pack is totally uninteresting. It's like, it's just making fun of people that are messed up. And I, I, and listen, I don't care. I know he's gotten like, he talks about his emotions now. And I'm cool with that. He talks about politics. I like when he talks about politics. I don't know. They stopped doing the news. I used to love that, him, like, getting into the news. I know there's a lot of people that disagree with his politics, whatever. I'm not one of those people. I agree with most of what he says on that vein. I still like when he does it, but he doesn't do it enough. But it's it's a lot. It's all, the, the shtick part of the show, which used to be great to me, is not great anymore. There's too many different characters that are uninteresting. I'm not interested in Ralph. I'm not interested in this Mamet or all these other idiots that are on the show. I, I just don't find most of them funny. Maybe it's because I'm old. Maybe 20-year-old Stern fans, if there are a lot, they, they like him more. I don't know. Maybe when I was 20, it was more up, up my alley. But he's changed, and that's great. But I just, the rest of the show, I, I don't know. I just, I hate to say it, and I've been avoiding saying it. But it was just something I was feeling, and I just, I love Howard Stern, and I, I, you know, again, the guy's my idol. I wanted to be in the radio business because of Howard Stern. I mean, and and just, I just don't like the, re I I just don't like the rest of the show that as much. I think it's, I, you know, it would be better for him to get back in studio. I didn't think that would matter, but it, I think it does. And uh, I don't know. I still love the interviews. I'm still going to listen. I'm going to put it on. I, I still got it on a preset. I'm still going to listen to him. It, but I but there are times where I shut it off because I just don't like some of the other stuff. And it's too much of that, too much of the door knocking and 
we got Ronnie's mom and we got Trump and we got uh, Arnold and I think they do Biden too. It's just like none of that is, I don't find any of that funny. Um, so anyway, that's that. All right. Uh, thanks as always to Brian Monzo for producing. Thanks to all of you for hopefully listening. Uh, hopefully Howard Stern will mention me even if he rips me to shreds, but I doubt that will happen. Uh, anyway, I'll talk to you next time. Where else but right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.